Grace and peace be with you from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Evil. It's not a word that we really think about much. We say it, we use it in an almost generic sense. We talk about evil in terms of something that causes pain and suffering, something over there or even in our lives that causes us to suffer. We talk about it as evil. Something is evil. But rarely do we talk about it with specifics. Oh, we talk about sin. We talk about how we fall short of the glory of God. How we, how we go to try to do the will of the Lord and we fail. We fall short and we sin. We sin against God. We sin. But we don't talk much about evil. We don't talk much about specifics. We know that the devil is real, sometimes called the evil one. We understand that evil exists, that there is evil in the world. But we don't always talk about it. A lot of times whenever I broach the topic, whenever I start talking about this word evil, I like to talk about it in terms of light and darkness or hot or cold. That is to say, light is something, but darkness is simply the lack of light, the absence of light. Hot is something, but cold is simply the absence of heat. St. Augustine used to put it like this. Evil is like a hole in your favorite shirt or your tunic. Right? A hole isn't really anything. In fact, it is actually a descriptive term talking about a lack of something. There is a lack of fabric where you wish there was fabric. There is a hole in your shirt or your tunic. And so it is with evil. The evil ultimately is an absence of goodness. It is an absence of God. It's evil. Jesus knows where He's going. He knows where He's heading. He has told His disciples over and over again what He is going to do, where He is going to do it. And as they look up and they see the path that he is on from their view, from their perspective, all they can think of is that this path is evil. It does not have any goodness in it. He is going in a self-destructive path that will ultimately lead to death. They see the path and they see it from their view, from their perspective, from their eyes. And they see it as evil. Even the Pharisees come up to Jesus and try to sway him from this path. There's no doubt that the Pharisees did not like Jesus. They wanted Jesus to die. But you see, they had a problem. If Jesus made it to Jerusalem, if he made it to the temple, he was going to be able to teach. If even for a little bit before they could finally get this whole putting him to death accomplished. And they didn't want that. They didn't want him the opportunity to teach in a temple, to possibly sway people in his direction. And so they wanted to to knock him off course. And so they start talking about Herod. Herod's there. Herod wants to kill you. Don't you want to leave? Don't you want to go somewhere else? Now, this isn't Herod the Great. This is Herod the Great's son, Herod. A lot of originality in the name play. Herod. The son, Herod, who wanted to achieve great things just like his father, but Herod, who really wasn't achieving much at all. And so what does Jesus say? And I kind of love this reply. Tell that fox. And I know what you're thinking, because you're thinking the same thing I was thinking. 
Oh, he's a trickster. He's clever. That's what it is. Tell that fox. You see, you've had too many nursery rhymes, much like I have, where the fox is always the one that's clever, is always tricky. But that's not so in the ancient world. In the ancient world, the fox wasn't somebody who was a trickster. In fact, if you go all the way back to Psalm 63, the fox is described as somebody who's useless, somebody who's unable to accomplish their goals, somebody who's unable to do what they intend to do. So Jesus says, tell that fox, Herod. And what does he tell him? Herod, who wants to do all these great things, Jesus says, look at the things that the Son of God is accomplishing. But yet, even so, Jesus has his eyes set on Jerusalem. And so he sets his eyes on Jerusalem. And he says, and our text translates it, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem. In the Greek, it's actually just Jerusalem three times. Our translators try to make some sense out of it for you. And they say, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. But Jesus really says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. He is focused. He has set his eyes upon Jerusalem. He is highlighting Jerusalem. Oh, that a hen would gather her chicks. Prophet after prophet after prophet has proclaimed the very word of God to Jerusalem. And they have died. They have died. They have gone to Jerusalem and they have not met success. Jesus says, the house is forsaken. The house is forsaken. It's emptied. It's abandoned. To put it another way, there is no goodness there. It has an absence of something. Jerusalem, in this state, is evil. It has an absence of goodness. It has an absence of God. And that's the way our translators put it, and I really like that. I think that's correct. The ESV, the NIV... But you see that word there, it, it kind of has a double meaning. That word forsaken. And we don't pick it up real easy in, in our, our, our English because there's really not a way to kind of do that. But that forsaken, that word there that's used, that's actually the base word. That is actually the word that we also translate as forgiveness. For you see, that's what forgiveness is, to let go of something. So God lets go of our sin He doesn't hold on to it. He lets it go. And that's what it means to be forgiven. That God would let go of our sin. That He wouldn't hold on to it, but let it go. And so Jesus, looking at Jerusalem, says that this house is forsaken. But also notice where Jesus is going. In the Lord's Prayer, we pray, Lord, deliver us from evil. And that's what we want. We want our Lord to deliver us from evil. We want our Lord to deliver us from the power of the devil. We want our Lord to deliver us from the evil that is around us. But much like last week, where we talked about how we ask our Lord to lead us not into temptation, but yet Jesus goes headlong into it, so also this week, we pray deliver us from evil while acknowledging that our Lord goes headlong into it. Our Lord goes headlong into Jerusalem, goes headlong into a place that is forsaken. But you see, Jesus is God. 
Jesus is God. And so a place like Jerusalem cannot be forsaken by God if God is there. So Jesus goes headlong into Jerusalem to suffer at the hands of people that are evil. But he does it for the sake of forgiveness. He goes into the forsaken for the sake of forgiveness. He goes there to suffer. He goes there to die. He goes there to forgive. And so it is this day. We pray to our Lord, deliver us from evil, knowing that He has, knowing that He will, knowing that He forgives and that He has forgiven. He has forgiven you. He has forgiven us through His work. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.